Today we continue our series in sensational love, looking at sins that destroy relationships and the love that we can have for others and for our God. Today's sin that we're looking at, that we're asking God to help us overcome, is one that's rarely spoken about. In fact, I want you to think about when is the last time you had a conversation with someone regarding sloth or being slothful? When's the last time you've used that word that there's slothfulness in my life or there's slothfulness in another person's life? When's the last time you've addressed the understanding of what slothfulness is? The Bible, especially in Proverbs, loaded with principles of wisdom, refers to it over and over and over and over. Solomon refers to slothfulness, slothful people, being a sloth, a sluggard, same terminology. And that sin is a deadly sin. Not only a deadly sin, it'll destroy businesses. It'll destroy marriages. It'll destroy schools, teams. It'll cause disunity and disruption. And it could take a very healthy situation, relationship that began and is headed in a good direction. And if slothfulness and the pattern of slothfulness begins to surface and remains unaddressed, it will ultimately lead to destruction. Let me define the terms for you today so that we can help understand better, so that we can let the Holy Spirit teach us and let the Holy Spirit guide us, convict us, or even affirm the direction that we're heading in. The term slothful takes on this idea, laziness, idleness, sluggishness, shiftlessness, apathy, listlessness, and lethargy. I'll respond by saying this, and I'm going to help you understand this better. My definition of a slothful person or slothfulness is busy, lazy. You can be very busy about the wrong things and look very busy, but be very lazy. So my definition I'm going to unpack today, one end of the spectrum is a slothful person is a busy, lazy person. The other end of the spectrum is to define the word lazy, just is often what we refer to or think about when we think about a sloth or we think about slothful behavior. We, we find ourselves running right to that end of the spectrum, which really is work shy, being work shy or busy lazy. So both of those concepts and ideas address and even characterize a person that is slothful. The Bible refers in the, uh, many versions regarding a sloth as a sluggard. A sluggard is a definition I, or word I would define by saying a slacker. It's a word that we use today. Slacking in effort. Now, before you wonder if you have patterns of slothfulness, consider some of these examples I just jotted down this week. Here are some examples of slothfulness. Hitting the snooze button over and over and over again. Another practical way to see slothfulness unpack in a person's life. Drinking straight from the milk jug. That's a slothful behavior. Another example of slothful behavior. Piles of dirty clothes all over the floor and not in the hamper in your house. Another pattern of slothful behavior. Falling asleep on the couch, watching the TV, instead of getting up and going to bed. Another example of slothful behavior, leaving one small strip on the toilet paper roll. Very slothful behavior. Anybody guilty? Another example of slothful behavior, 
talking about exercise, but never doing it. Trash and garbage in your car for weeks on end. Why is that an amen? That's not amen. Calling in sick when you aren't sick, but you just don't want to go to work. Starting a book or multiple books and never finishing any of them. That's slothful behavior. Beginning a job around the house and not completing it. Getting a job but not keeping it. Emails in the inbox that aren't answered for days, on days, on days, on days. Voicemails on your phones and voicemail notifications left unaddressed because you don't want to have that conversation with that person. Unpaid bills piling up even while there's plenty of income to care for them. Slothful behavior, slothfulness. The Bible talks about this sin often, and the book of Proverbs is loaded with wisdom principles regarding it. Grab your Bibles, let's dig in and see what God says about this. And turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 30 to 34. If you need a Bible and you're here today and don't have a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will put a Bible in your hand. If you don't own a Bible, take this Bible home. It's a gift from Grace Community Church. If you've been slothful in your behavior and not bringing them back, bring them back next week if you have 10 at home. But turn to Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 30 to 34. Stand with me and we'll read it out loud together. Proverbs 24, verses 30 to 34. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. You may have a seat. NIV translates what some versions translate sloth as a sluggard. Let me begin by saying this. A slothful person fails to give attention to what's most important. They give attention to a lot of things, but not to what's most important. Slothful person, slothful behavior, or sloth gives attention to what fails to give attention to what's most important. Look at this verse again. Look at verse 30. Look what Solomon says. He gives us this case scenario. Someone's walking by a field, and it says this, verse 30, I went past the field of a sloth or a sluggard. Past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. He's, he, the word no sense means void of understanding. So this picture, there was this farmer who farmed. He had a vineyard. And at one time, it was very profitable. And at one time, it had a wall that kept people out. But he's walking by this person's, walking by this person's life. And as they walk by, they're like, what up? It doesn't make sense to me. 
Why would you let that vineyard that could produce crop and, 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 and serve your family and give you income, why in the world did they ever let it get to that? It's this picture of thorns and, and, and weeds overtaking that you can barely see the vineyard there. And this man walks by and he knows this person and he's like, that doesn't make sense to me. That person is gifted. That person knows how to farm. That person knows how to pull weeds. That person has everything it takes. And it's you and me walking by a marriage and saying, I just can't believe they're allowing that to happen. It's a person walking by a business and saying, that man used to be a man of integrity. And he's letting that slide in the books It's the person looking at another person's life and saying, I remember one time when I used to work out with them where it was important that their body was the temple of God. And now they just let themselves go. Slothful behavior. And this man, Solomon says, walks by this field and he says, that doesn't make sense to me. He knew what it was supposed to look like. And even what it used to look like. But now a slothful owner let it go to ruins and it makes no sense to him. Have you ever witnessed that in someone's life? Have you ever just walked by a person, a friend's life, and you walk by and you just shake your head? Because you remember, there was time when you were on your knees with them, kneeling before God, interceding, praying. There was a time when, when, when you, you dug in the word together and they were asking deep, rich questions about theology and doctrine. There was a time when they, 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 they were leading a small group and, and they were baptized and they dedicated their children to the Lord. And now you walk by their life and there's this, this pattern of, 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 of work shy and this pattern of busy, lazy with all the wrong stuff. And you're saying, that doesn't make sense. And Solomon is saying, that's what I see with this farmer. He used to have a crop. He had a bumper crop year after year after year. But he let it go. Have you ever witnessed happen to something that you've owned? We've watched that personally as a family. Our first home that we lived in, in New Paris, and for the first 10 years of our lives, we loved it. We, it was life on life for us. And our kids grew up to the age of 12 and 13. And it was a mooring place of hope. And kids came and played in our yard. And we shot hoops and played wiffle ball and had water slides. And, and neighbors were growing in Christ. And, and it was like the gathering place for people to come. We gave away a million freeze pops to the kids. Like, that was the place that people came and it was where God had planted us and we tried to dig in deeply. And, and there came a moment where God had called us on and moved to another place. And so we moved on out into the, 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 the country in, in New Paris and made that transition and, and we sold our home. And we would ride by and we'd say, you remember when? You remember when? You remember when? Remember when? Remember when Josh? You remember when Hannah and Isaiah? Remember when we had the Olympics in the backyard and dad, you were the judge and you, you graded us? Remember when? And... And we watched the new place just begin to be filled with weeds in the front yard. And the perennials weren't taken care of. And and watch holes being punched in the wall. And watch this house that used to breathe life. 
And it broke our hearts. We watched it go on the market and sell at an auction for $40,000. It made no sense to us. And Solomon is saying, why? How did it get to that point? And the way it gets to that point is slothful behavior. How many people do you look at and even gone to and said, this makes no sense. You know better than this. They talk and talk about change, yet refuse to work hard to make it happen. This slothful person reference here, and many, I would say, most slothful people are procrastinators. They wait till the last minute to get things done. And listen, they're gifted and even talented. I've watched it happen. You, you could even be getting things accomplished, yet still be slothful in doing it, relying on your own natural ability and your own natural IQ. I've watched, I watched brilliant students just rely on natural ability instead of harnessing that gift from God and, and allowing it to grow so it could be used in exponential ways and just waiting to the end, handing in their homework in the last day, doing the assignments for Fight Club on Wednesday night instead of putting their hearts into it. Procrastination is a byproduct of a slothful person. When in reality, God has gifted you with this incredible gift that you barely, barely use. And you settle into a life of mediocrity. And by the way, procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday. And it's the picture of a slothful person. This owner probably did what most slothful people do. He made excuses for the way his vineyard was not producing crop. It's too hard. The weeds are too big. It takes too much time. This person was the guy that wasn't willing to do the hard things. Think about it. Just just pull away some practical ways. I mean... Say you want to get healthy. What are some of the things that, that, that are similar to this? Well, the gym is closed. It's, it's late at night. And that birthday cake, I had to have three pieces. That counselor, my marriage is, 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 needs serious help, but the counselor is 45 minutes away. Who's got time for that? It's cold outside and I'm tired. I worked all day. And Solomon gives us another reference. Excuses upon excuses upon excuses. Look, he refers to this person again. Look at chapter 26. Chapter 26 and verse 13 and 14. Look what it says. A sluggard says, there's a what in the road? What's the word? A lion in the road. A fierce lion roaming the streets. As the door turns on his hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. This sluggard, this slothful person says, we can't go out there. We might shoot our eye out. It's it's the person that says, we can't drive through Goshen. The roads are blocked everywhere. That's called slothful thinking. So just stay at home. Just stay home. It's called pure laziness. Or, I need more sleep. My wife doesn't want me to do that. I'm afraid I'll pull a muscle. 
It's raining outside, and I might get sick. There's a lion in the street. You'll shoot your eye out. That's slothful behavior. Or I would just stay in bed because I need extra sleep. So instead of exercising, eating properly, and getting to bed earlier, he will show up late to his family, to his job, to his farm, and even sleep instead of getting out of bed and working. And instead of pulling the weeds, he'll spend hours doing something and something she loves, being busy, lazy. Hours and hours on Facebook. Hours and hours on Snapchat instead of homework. Video games, three o'clock in the morning, wake up and tired, come home after working eight hours, say, I'm tired. It's because you've been busy, lazy. TV shows, taking time away from family. Pinterest until you're Pinterested out. Wasting your mind on, if I had that, and if we could look like that, and if I had, well, if I had her or him or that house or that car, if I had that lawn or that yard, the reality is your behavior would have never allowed you to take care of it. Let me just say this. Many slothful people, when asked, will tell you that they are busy. You know, are you busy with the right things? That's slothful behavior. They're busy, lazy. Solomon also says this. Look at chapter 26 and look at, look at, look at verse 15. He says, a sluggard or a sloth buries his hand in the what? Dish. He is too what? What's the word? Lazy to bring it back to his mouth. Here's the picture. It's this man, there's the food. He knows he needs to eat. His hand is in the dish. And he knows, this will be good for me. And he's too lazy to lift his hand to his mouth to feed himself. This is what I need to do in my marriage. This is what we need to talk about. This is how I need to lead my family. This is the business decision we need to make. This is the person I need to let go. This is the person I need to hire. This is the phone call I need to call back. This is the hard thing I need to do. It's right there. And if you do it, it's good. But a slothful person has his hand in the dish and refuses to bring it to his mouth. He has everything he needs. It's right there. To eliminate this slothful behavior and to bring life to whatever he needs to bring life to. The vineyard could be so different. The garage is full of tools to finish the project. They're right there. The basement has exercise equipment, but it's loaded with dust. The phone has devotional plans on it called version, and there's 750 million different ones. The schedule is free. Yet they will spend hours in things that have very low priority. Hobbies and crafts, sports viewing, Tweeting upon tweet upon tweet upon tweet about sports. 
You see, a slothful person paints a deceptive picture of his real condition. I mean, look again at chapter 24. Someone else sees it. Thorns, verse 31, had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone walls was in ruins. He obviously let things go unaddressed in this vineyard. Each day he made excuses, refused to tend to the little weed that popped its head out of the ground and even let the protective walls of the vineyard fall down. And by the way, it's hard work to not be slothful. Let me give you a very real example. Friday night at our home, I'm out in the front yard and I'm looking at the landscaping around our home. I look and I see weeds. I have a choice to make. I could pull the weeds or I could let the weeds grow. I noticed that the edging around the side of the landscaping, the grass had kind of inched its way in from last year. And I could say, and I even said, doesn't look too bad. And then I noticed that, that our landscaping has lava rock in it. And I had a choice to make. Get round up and just kill it all? Or get in there and dig and pull and pull out dandelions that roots were this long. And grass, when you grab a hold of it, it's such a small root that the lava rocks brush and scrape your fingers. And so I bent down and I didn't want to. And I pulled the weeds. Let me tell you, I had an attitude adjustment because I didn't want to do the hard work. But when I was finished, I pulled away and said, (laughs) why? Because it needed addressed. It's hard work. But a slothful person isn't willing to do the hard things. He knew what needed to be done and probably could have even articulated it, yet was lazy, slothful, and indifferent to it. He obviously knew how to do this because there were trees planted. There was a wall that had been built and a field that had been plowed at some time. He knew what it took to take care of the vineyard, but now he let it get overrun with things not as important. He became work shy and now was reeling from the consequences of neglect. Yet somehow in his mind, it wasn't as bad as everyone else noticed. I find it interesting that if someone who is out walking by the field noticed right away the horrible condition this man's field in, and he didn't, he became so comfortable with this slothful behavior. See, we know what to do. And there are no shortcuts to hard work. And if you don't, you will lose it all. You see, we have all these little pet phrases that we laugh about. And, 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 and it's slothful. Like, we say things like this. Don't work harder, but work what? Like, where does that come from the Bible? Where do I see? I see this. Here's what I see. Work as though you're working for the Lord. 
Give everything you got. Be the first one to punch in, the last one to punch out. Leave the workplace sweating and knowing, create an excellent product. Work in such a way that you make your owner, you make him rich. And I mean rich, rich, because you don't give him a reason to ever let you go. That's what Christians should do. No, work harder. Don't work harder, work smarter. And by the way, work was intended not to give man a reason to live, but rather a means to live. Yet somehow in this mind, this man, this owner, he thought everything was okay. This farmer was like many followers of Christ who become slothful. It's a slow fade from the daily disciplines needed to stay sharp, physically, spiritually, intellectually, and relationally healthy. And to be quite frank, it's one of the primary reasons we have Fight Club. See, here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true. We need accountability. Here's what I know to be true. We need a system. Because here's what I know to be true. I talk to guys between chapters. I talk to, talk to guys. I ask them, what's your plan? What are you doing? Are you still exercising? Are you still reading God's word? Are you still memorizing scripture? Are you still sharing your faith? Are you still, 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 are you still? And they'll come up, well, yeah, I got this plan. How's it working for you? We need intentionality in our lives. You see, a disciplined person is not slothful, but a slothful person is always undisciplined. Let me put it in other words. For the discipline, a week has seven days. For the slothful, it has seven tomorrows. And by the way, slothful people are always craving comfort. That's why they run from work. Let me do what I like to do. I just want to do what I want to do. Let me do what I want to do that I love to do. And you'll spend hours doing what you want to do, but you don't want to do what your boss wants you to do. You don't, want you, you don't want to do what your wife wants you to do. You don't want to do what your husband wants you to do. You don't want to do what God wants you to do. You just want to do what you want to do, and you want comfort. And you'll be busy, 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 busy comforting yourself instead of doing what is most important. There's this craving in you. Look at Proverbs chapter 13. Look at verse 4. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 4 says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. He craves and craves comfort. He craves and craves more, but never finds it. Look at chapter 21. Gives reference again to his cravings. Chapter 21. Look at verse 25 and 26. It says, the cravings of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. He craves comfort I will guarantee you the characteristic of a slothful person is doing what they want to do, what they find comfort in doing. Let me draw, let me paint, let me build, let me punch, let me fight, let me kick, let me throw, let me watch TV, let me, let me go on vacation, let me eat, 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 let me lead, let me, let me. That's a picture of a slothful person. He thrives in busyness, but he does just enough to get things done. So he can get back to enjoying comforts, food, games, hobbies, and routines. They give you a half-hearted effort, and they'll tell you. You'll ask them, how you doing? I'm busy. 
And don't dare ask them to do something very important. I can't because of my schedule. They blame others for their own lack or unwillingness to complete a journey. They even seek out others who will not admonish or encourage them to step it up. Don't dare find a relationship where you have an accountability partner. And sometimes even your own spouse can become your worst enemy because they really don't want to do hard work either. It's in your slothfulness that you'll start, but you'll never finish. Slothful people talk about changing, but never follow through. And they'll spend hours drafting a plan and talking about it. Hey, let's go have coffee and talk about this plan. And they'll never put it into practice. Slothful people have a diversion to the plan you suggest and always have a better plan, yet never seem to follow through with it. They're easily angered when you try to break up their routine. And because of their slothfulness, they are sickly because they don't have a good health plan. They do not like to be told what to do for fear it will mess up their desire for comfort. They will sit around working on things for hours on hours, doing research, watching stuff that has no purpose and that carries a very low priority and they'll let slide the most important things in their lives, in their families, in their marriages, in their workplace, and in their homes. That's what happened to this farmer here. It just makes no sense, Solomon says. Get up off the couch, Solomon says. Get off the mobile device. Get going before you lose it all. And they cannot stand interruptions that keep them from doing what they want to do. And they have a false view of himself, thinking everything is okay with him. And he knows what's best for him. Solomon says this, hear me, Grace, hear me. He says the consequences are deathly. Look at verse 33. Look what he says, chapter 24. Look at the consequences of a slothful person. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Solomon knows this this about this owner. He's giving him the warning. Get with it, or you're going to end up death and destruction. You see, slothfulness produces feelings of worthlessness and tendency to make excuses for one's life. Watch slothful people, they always have excuses, they always feel worthless. Plus, it manifests procrastination. A more subtle way to see it is when we leave the hardest job off till tomorrow rather than dealing with it today. Slothful people wait, I'll get to it tomorrow. I don't want to make that hard call. I'll I'll do all this over here, but I can't do that. Many people have selective slothfulness. They can be diligent in all kinds of areas. But there's one area that looms untouched. It could be your physical health. It could be your personal finances. It could be your emotional well-being. It could be your quiet time with God. It could be your entrepreneur spirit. It could be your business. It could be all kinds. It could be all kinds of areas that 
remains untouched because you don't want to do the hard things. And Solomon says in verse 34, the consequences not only will be hard, but they'll be swift, unexpected, and severe because of your neglect. He's not been productive. He had not renewed those things that were detrimental to the harvest. And when you neglect your own spiritual life, you cannot be productive for the Lord. And it affects all those areas around you. It's like a thief that comes and takes it unexpectedly. Can I just ask you a couple questions? Where have you let the weeds grow? Where have the walls fallen down in your marriage? Where are you busy doing the wrong stuff? Where or have you refused to take insight from a brother who has spoken, or a sister who has spoken into your life and says, listen, get with it. Slothful people have deceived themselves into believing that everything is okay and that their plan or lack of plan is perfect. Listen to me, Grace. Here's what Solomon's saying to us today. This is what the Word of God, which is inspired and errant Word of God without error. This isn't Pastor Jim's words. These are God's words to us today. Here's what he's saying. He is sounding the alarm this morning for many of us. Get with it. It's time for major renovation. And that begins by throwing away your plan of comfort and diligently becoming a disciplined follower of God. In the end, here's what will happen. Here's what slothful behavior will do to you. It will cost you your joy in God. It will dull you with endless amusements. It will blind you to the urgent need for Jesus Christ. It will close your eyes to the wonder and amazement of our God. It will mute you in worship, and I watch it happen. People listlessly stand, and we have an opportunity to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we stand listless. Slothful behavior generates that kind of muted worship. Slothful people have deceived themselves daily. It will rob you of true refreshment and destroy every close relationship around you. It will leave you with a life of cluttered comfort, but destruction. Paul even addressed this in Romans 12 when he said this. Just listen to it. Paul, Paul addressed slothful behavior. He said this. He said, never be slothful in zeal, but keep up your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Why? Because he knew that if you become slothful, lacking in zeal for the Lord, it's the first indication that you have let the priority be diminished. So how can we help? What are some steps? Here's a few. Here's a few. Number one, get rid of your excuses. I'm too fill in the blank. What do you say? It will get 
harder if I do this. I will get hurt if I get rid of them. I don't have time for get rid of it. I don't like fill in the blank. I'd rather do one of these days when I'm, I'm afraid if, get rid of them, Grace, get rid of them. Secondly, now listen to me. This is, this is critical. All through the Bible are one another's. The Bible is loaded. And here's one that's lost in Christian circles today. In fact, you rarely hear it talked about. We talk about it in our men's ministry. Spur one another on to good works. You know what spur means? It hurts. It hurts, man. It hurts. And you come along and you, you poke someone that you love and saying, hey, get with it. And you know what a spur does? It changes the direction of a brother or sister's life. So you ask someone, this is what you do, to walk by your field, your life, your marriage, your home, your business, and give an honest evaluation of where you're being slothful. Now listen, be ready. Just ask, say, okay, I want you, I, want, I don't want anything but truth. Just, just tell me. And don't lose your top when they tell you the truth. Take notes. Write them down. Thirdly, finish the things that you have started. Go complete something. Finish it. Fourthly, do one hard thing you hate to do. Make that phone call this week, that one that's still on your voicemail. That one email that, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, do it. And then do another hard thing. Fifthly, repent and ask Jesus Christ for forgiveness. Get on your knees and say, Jesus, I have wasted this gift, this life that you have given me for creature comfort. I repent of the person I have become. Please forgive me. May my field, my marriage, my life, my business, my future not end up like I see here. Please, Jesus, I repent. Lastly, do it today. What I mean? Listen, listen to me. It's going to be very easy. Very, very easy. To walk out of this room, head out to the restaurant, head home, Go about your business without dealing with this. So do it today. Get in your car, write down, I'm calling this person. I'm finishing this. Holy Spirit, show me. Repent and do one hard thing today. Oh, Jesus, help us today. I pray that we would never again, Jesus, waste this gift that you've given us called life I pray that we would remove the slothful behavior from our lives. I pray, Jesus, that when you walk by our lives, that you wouldn't say, that doesn't make sense. I pray, Jesus, that we would not waste this life you've given us. May we step out and become the people that you want us to be. And Lord, even as we take this next step, we observe people taking the next step being baptized. There are probably even people in this room and and in the link and watching by the internet that have talked about, one of these days I'm going to get baptized. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you would spur them on to do the right thing. 
So God, we celebrate today these baptisms that are about to take place. We, we, we acknowledge the work and the lives of these people and we're excited to have a bird's eye view of what can happen when someone follows hard after Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.